welcome to Dude That's Fucked Up. <laughs> you're Aaron. I'm Aaron. <laughs> and you're you're Nicole. I'm Nicole. Um, oh boy. Nailed it. How's everybody doing out there? <laughs> yeah. How's everyone in the podmosphere? Hopefully yeah. enjoying your day. Um this we've we've done a little uh we've time shifted through the space time continuum to record these podcasts. Yeah, I'm about to hop on a plane for Japan tomorrow, which is not tomorrow for people listening to this now. It's the future. Uh, Hello, future me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying Japan. I hope you've enjoyed Japan. I, I think I'll be on my way home yeah. at this point by the time we put this one out. Oh, that's magical. Which is great. So yeah. magical. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm going to eat and see so many weird things, I think. Oh, so fun. Hopefully. Yeah. I know uh, I want to talk about your 15-hour um, plane ride because I have a horror story for you, but really oh. quick, I fucked something up with the Louis the Fourteenth two buttholes. He did have two buttholes, so it was a fact. Like, for real. Like, like for he- real had two buttholes, but... The surgery was to correct one. Oh, it wasn't a fistula? Well, it was a fistula, but the surgery was to, like, close it up so that he only had one butthole, I think. But still, that makes it even weirder that, like, people wanted to have a fake second butthole corrected and called call it the royale to be fashionable wait so is it's, it like a little pucker or like a what it i don't understand i don't I'm understand so either i just i i also remembered after listening to the episode um about something about fistulas um i was at risk of getting one after my uh surgery because i had stitches in my vagina uh-huh. uh that connected to like all my my plumbing for like my rectum and stuff uh-huh so I was at risk of uh, forming a fistula there so that's so a fun fact would you would would you would have had two I would have vaginas? been out of my vagina oh hmm. yeah yeah that's no fun no oh god oh it's bad enough we have periods I know. I'm curious how you're going to uh fare on your plane ride is it like a um red eye or well so the way it works is we cross the international dateline so yeah. it'll be the next day when we land yeah 15 hours is like shitty no matter what yeah so, it's gonna smell like uh, farts i call i call planes a, a flying fart tube so yeah <laughs> you're literally just flying through the air with like people's stale stank i called it a fart coffin recently <laughs> and i was like yeah it is it's death <laughs> Like you're it's terrible. You're dead by farts. Yeah. Um, do you ever do you follow the Instagram passenger shaming? <laughs> no. Is that like is that like pictures of when people like take their shoes off and put their yeah. foot like through the seats into your yeah. area? Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Or just leave like shit all over the floor for like the people to clean up and stuff. It's so like people are awful. Yeah. Flying. They're so awful. It's Ugh. one of the worst things. God I- bless flight attendants and. <laughs> I mean, all the recent stuff that's been happening lately, it's like everybody sucks when they're in the in the air and they just act like assholes. Yeah. So no. so I just bought some compression socks. Nice. Which I'm excited to use. Um, I, I hydrate a lot. Even though on my flight to Israel, that was 11 hours, I stayed up really late with this girl talking because DJ couldn't get on the flight because his passport, like, had an issue. <laughs> um, it, like... You have to have like a six month window before your passport expires for certain countries, uh, or else your visa is not good. You can't be there. Um, so he like got stopped while we were at the airport, okay. got flagged, and had to go. That like I had to get on the plane without him. It was the worst. So I was like really upset, oh my God. and I was like crying. And me and this girl were like chugging wine and <laughs> we we're talking. It was really cute. And but don't do that. That's really not a good idea. Yeah. Um. It, when you're flying long distances, you want to hydrate. Also, you could pass out really easily on flights if you're super dehydrated, which has happened to me before. Oh. Um, it's really scary. Don't do that. Um, so I, my, my tips are get up and move around as much as you can on long flights. Um, I always get an aisle seat. I know that's, like, not a popular opinion. People want the window for sleeping, but yeah. um, I get that you're not going to be – 
Yeah, you're not going to be sleeping very comfortably. Also, I just like to – I don't like feeling trapped. You're trapped enough as it is in a flight. So mm-hmm. also I have, like, bladder uh, issues because of my surgery. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it's not issues. Like, I won't piss myself or anything. <laughs> piss yourself. <laughs> but, you know, it's like it gets urgent real quick and it's yeah. uncomfortable. Um, so I'm, I'm always in the aisle. And then um, – so drink lots of water – anyway um and i am a big fan of face masks and mm. face spritzing mm-hmm. to keep your skin hydrated oh my god um we always like, have lotion we're the same people yeah um <laughs> i also just i have um these headphones that like f- are like a headband and you just put them on your head and they're really comfortable they're not like earbuds they just sit oh, on your on your ear like a thin and they're thin and they're thin, and they keep your head warm, which oh, is nice because I always get cold on flights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have a really nice neck pillow that's like memory foam, so I'm I'm ready to roll. Also, always just wear like the most comfortable clothes you can. Yeah, don't wear jeans. But also, I like to put a little bit of effort into looking nice when I travel because I've oh heard absolutely so, I've heard so many people like complain that people are just so sloppy now when they travel. But yeah. I, I always wear um, – uh, the last long flight I had that was, like, overnight, I wore a scarf so that I could put it over my head so that uh, so yeah. that when I was sleeping and my mouth was all open, like, no one would see it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, it was another, great. that's another accessory you should always have with you is uh, a scarf. Yeah, it's very for, nice. For covering up your face. And it helps, like, you – because you – it covers your mouth so you don't – like, your mouth doesn't get as dried out and you yeah. don't get everybody else's germs. That's it's right. like kind of like a little face mask. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can wear leggings and look nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, you can wear like a nice shirt and like a little cute sweater with it. You don't have to wear like something with like holes in it. No. And your grossest leggings with no. like that are like see through on your butt or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. LuLaRoe leggings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like yeah, disintegrating paper leggings. <laughs> Um, What's your horror story? Oh, God. Okay. Well, I don't know if I told you this. I hope not. But when I was going to uh, the UK last year, we took a red eye. And it was mine and Pete's very first, like, European vacation. And it was kind Mm -hmm. of like a work trip and a um, personal trip. So, anyway, I don't know why that's relevant. But um, we were uh, taking a red eye. And we we didn't eat the food on the plane because that's one of my tips is if you don't have to, try and eat before you get on the plane because you never know what yeah, that food's or bring, be like. Or bring something that's not smelly yeah. onto the flight with you. And something the... that's like really, you know, that'll make you feel good, like some vegetables and some protein and, yeah, you know, like something that's not too heavy or like going to give you indigestion because it's already uncomfortable. Also, flights run out of food a lot. Yeah, if you're sitting towards the back of the plane, you might not get food. That's happened to me a couple times, and I was, like, dying, and we were – it was, like, delayed flight, and oh, it was God. really bad, and the flight attendants, like, like stole a bunch of stuff from first class and just, like, brought it to me. It was me and my mom and my aunt were, like, flying together. Oh, my God. And we were, like, we're so hungry, and they, like <laughs> – one lady had a banana like of her from, from like home and like gave it to my gave it to my aunt it oh, was really nice that's yeah. so nice i love flight attendants they're the best okay these flight attendants were um basically angels because what happened was everyone fell asleep and i was woken up violently by the smell of what i think was diarrhea oh. and i was like oh man no. there's like kind of kids near us and so i was like oh a kid probably like shit its diaper and the parents are gonna clean it up so it was rank. It was like, I was like, is it throw up or diarrhea? I oh, God. I tell. And I was like so disturbed. And we still had, we were like just over, we were flying from LA to London and we were just over kind of like New York. And um, so we still had five hours left. And I noticed like a commotion in the aisle and I'm like, what's going on? And everybody's like waking up a little bit. And the two flight attendants are like, frantically going between someone's seat and some and the bathroom and they're like are you okay da 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 um what happened i think i this was never confirmed but um they they basically helped a man get to an older man which is sad mm. get to the bathroom i think he had thrown up and had diarrhea on his way to the bathroom right in the aisle next to our seat oh my god <laughs> 
my god. And we I was like, oh my god. And I was like gagging, like trying not to throw up and also just like trying to get back to sleep because I no. I just like wanted to like forget That's about it. That's a commotion it. that can't be cleared up. <laughs> oh my god. They couldn't clean it up either. They so eventually they just put like blankets, travel blankets in the aisle over it and I think oh they my god. they tried to clean up his seat as best as possible. They moved him from the bathroom that I'm I think he ended up just decimating, quarantined it, put him in the other one. He he didn't leave the bathroom for the rest of the flight until I think we were about to land and then he had to go to like a different seat somewhere cuz his was like gross. And the, um, they like were waking everyone up. They were serving breakfast, like literally rolling the breakfast cart over the like shit blankets <laughs> in the aisle. And I, they're all, would you like breakfast? I was like, no, thanks. They're like, nothing. I was like, no, I don't want to eat next to this like diarrhea spot. <laughs> like your, your cart's getting stuck human on excrement. the, yeah, oh my your God. cart's getting stuck on the blanket that's covering up the diarrhea accident and so Jesus. yeah I, and maybe it was throw up too i think the guy had like food poisoning or something probably from the food on the plane no i don't know but uh anyway oh, we're God. like getting ready to land both of those bathrooms were quarantined you couldn't use them there was only two bathrooms on the other side they weren't letting us use like the bathrooms in first class and so there was like a huge line because it was like two mm. coach cabins like sharing one set of bathrooms and there was only two and we're trying to land and everyone has to pee and I'm waiting, and the guy, one of the flight attendants walks by me, and the girls, like, sitting kind of where I was standing were definitely flight attendants and knew him, and they're like, oh, my God, how are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm great. I've had so many little bottles of gin, it's not even funny. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, you deserve all that gin. Like, yeah, go. good for you. Yeah. Raid the fucking liquor cabinet, dude. Oh, oh my yeah. God. But that was our experience. Um, and then we got kind of sick a few days later, and Pete wrote the airline and was like, did we catch something from that guy? And they never responded, but I don't think we oh did. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, because that's a fucking biohazard. Oh, like, yeah. Somebody, like, sh- having open shit in an aisle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, I hope nothing like that happens on our flight. Yeah, me I too. Hope, <laughs> I hope I don't pass out again on a flight either. That is like the worst thing ever. It's so scary. Oh I was like, I think I drank too much wine or something before yeah. we got on our flight. And I like, I think like was tired and we just had like a long fun weekend uh, at a, I think, yeah, were we at a wedding? I can't remember. Mm. But anyway, I like felt like I was going to either shit or throw up. <laughs> And I'm like, woke up from like totally passed out on on a flight. Like I was totally sleeping. Woke up like halfway through and it was like a red eye. So all, everything was dark. And I was like breaking out into a cold sweat. And I was like, oh my God. So I get to the bathroom and I just like slumped down the wall in the bathroom. Like I can't even like stand up. And I was just like, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm fully passing out. And I'm like sitting on the ground in the bathroom. <laughs> And That's I even was just, grosser than- I know, I know. Luckily, it was a pretty clean one. Oh, I mean, good. Yeah. Um, and I, so I tried, I like wake up and I try to stand up. I like splash water on my face. I kind of pass out again. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to get back to my seat. Like, I tried to like see if I needed to go to the bathroom and I didn't have to. It was just like that. Your whole body, when you have something like that happen, is like shutting down. Oh, my God. And you're God. just like, you can't control anything. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to shit myself or throw up, um, splash more cold water in my face, get, try to make it back to my seat. I'm like walking down the aisle and I just go down and I hit my <gasps> fucking face oh, on a, my God. Yeah, I hit my lip on, um, uh, somebody's like the, the armrest. Yeah. They didn't even wake up, <gasps> but I like, my lip is like bleeding. I'm I am like crawling down the aisle. I can't see anything because it's like pitch black. Like no all the one's lights are off. No one. Everybody's like sleeping. Oh my god. Everybody's sleeping. Um, and I finally see in the. I'm like crawling. I don't know where my seat is. Oh. I don't know if I've passed it or like still have to go further. And I like look up and there's this guy on his iPad, <laughs> like watching a movie. He's the only person awake on the plane basically as far as I can see and I like reach up from the aisle and like pat his arm and he just goes oh fuck (laughs) I scared the shit out of this guy and I was like excuse me um 
what aisle is this? I <laughs> While you're have... on the floor, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like trying to not look like a crazy person. <laughs> and he's just like, um, this is like row row 28 or whatever. I'm like, oh, I seem to have gone too far. Pardon me. And I like crawl backwards back down the aisle and I like get back to my seat. DJ's like passed out and I like climb back in my seat and wake him up. And he's like, oh my God. God, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because, like, my lip is, like, puffy and bleeding, and I'm, like, I am green-white. Like, my face is just... Oh, my God. ...so pale, and he's just like, oh, my God, what the fuck? And I told him, and he's just like, should I tell somebody? Should I call, like, the flight attendant? I was like, no, I just need to, like, keep cold sweating and just pray for me. I just need water. (laughs) So we made it, and I made it home, and I didn't die, but it or pass out again. But it was like terrible, and oh like this. Oh my I, god! I think the same thing happened to my brother. Sorry, sorry, Brett, I'm blowing up your spot. <laughs> but he was on his way out to DJ's bachelor party a couple of years ago yeah. um, to visit in DC, and he passed out on the flight. <gasps> I think I think it's like a th- it's just like a thing that happens. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, yeah, it's, it's like one of the most common reasons for flights having to make emergency landings I read oh really well yeah because I obviously like had to research all this to make sure I wasn't dying yeah I I mean it's like when they're like oh do we have a doctor on board you're always like what's going on and I'm sure most of the time it's like not urgent yeah um oh wow don't Uh, ever don't be careful just hydrate 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 I have a friend maybe I'll he has a horrible story about a person dying on his flight Oh, my God. Yeah, Fuck. maybe I'll have him, like, I'll ask if he wants to, like, write it up. It's a, such a good story. Oh, my God. Ugh. So we've talked way too much about <laughs> traveling through the air. If you think all that's bad, <laughs> try being a pioneer in the 1800s because mm. that's what we're going to talk about right now. Oh, my God. We're talking about the Donner Party today. Can we just and how like, horrible that was? Yeah, can we just like say why it was horrible? Like the most horrible thing? Well, okay. First of all, when you're a kid in California in public school, yeah, you learn about California history in fourth grade, mm-hmm. and this is one of the things you learn about. You spend like half the year focused on like yeah pioneers and the the gold rush and like the Oregon Trail, and then the other half on the mission the missions yeah. of California. The missions, yeah, yeah. So everybody knows. The Oregon Trail because we all played that dope game oh my when God. we were kids. I and played I it like recently. It. I yeah, play, you uh-huh. can find it online. It's fun. It's so awesome. Yeah, and so like you're you like part of the setup of the game is like picking like how many like all the supplies and how many oxen you need and what time of year to leave. All that is like very important mm-hmm. to the game. It was also very important in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and go which, figure. Like, and which ways you would like how you would ford the river and stuff like do you want to cock your cock your your wagon and float across or do you want to ford the river or go around it or go around it and lose a couple days yeah well it did a pretty good job of highlighting some of the real challenges of migrating across the great plains and the wilderness of the west to get to the west coast yeah um the this was the least successful i mean i i it was the most tragic most horrifying (laughs) i mean everybody kept diaries back then but these people that were on this um this particular trip all kept diaries yeah pretty faithfully um even in times of turmoil oh god are we going to wait then to tell, like, what – people know, well, right? People know what the – people. I think – well, when I moved to D.C. and I would, like, make jokes about – not Don't jokes, but – Yeah, no. Yeah, But, jokes. like, mention it. <laughs> mention it. Um, people didn't know what I was talking about. But oh. I think most people do. I don't think people on the East Coast learn in as depth much. about uh, the Donner Party as much as we did in fucking fourth grade. Yeah. The reason that's horrifying is because – they ended up eating each other. <laughs> like the Donner Party is sim- synonymous with cannibalism. Yeah. And like it wasn't a, it wasn't uh, fun or um, 
or really a choice. I mean, it was for survival. It wasn't like fun cannibalism. <laughs> it wasn't like a cookout. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, you hear stories of like that cop in New York that like found someone online and wanted to eat them and they were like into it. It wasn't like something that people were like seeking out. It was like, oh, right. fuck, like we're starving. Uh, that person's close to dead. Let's yeah. all just decide right now. Yeah. Would you – well, we can talk about this after. But. Yeah. I'll Maybe – Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, let's start from – I mean, there. this is a series of missteps. Yeah. Um, Unfortunate uh, decisions. Yeah. And the very first terrible decision <laughs> came from the book, uh, this, like, travel guide by this guy um, – who was a mountaineer, um, Lansford Hastings, um, wrote this wrote this book. Um, he was a fucking jabroni, first of all. <laughs> he was such a douche. He like he was like he knew what he was doing. I guess like he'd been he'd been tramping through the mountains and like doing the mountaineering thing. But he wrote this book uh, about. I think it was oh shit I forgot to write it down. It was like the immigrant's guide to Oregon and California or something like that. Um I can't remember. My bad. He was a he didn't uh he hadn't gone through any of these trails or like any of the pathways that he was recommending with wagons. Yeah. He'd always gone just like on horseback. Like, you know, with, like, a small group. And so it was, like, far easier to get through some of these, you know, trails that he had recommended. But then once you, like, factor in a wagon, like, and, like, tons of wagons and families and all this shit, a bunch of ox, like, it doesn't, it's not the same. Yeah. And a lot of these trails, he just kind of, like, I don't know if he, like, heard about them or just, like, looked at a map and was like, this seems like an easier way to go. And I feel like it would, a lot of feelings and thinking. Right. But no actual. (laughs) Knowledge. No actual proof or knowledge that this, and specifically this one shortcut that he recommended in his his guidebook um, that was supposed to save a bunch of miles and therefore time for people who are trying to make it over the Sierra Nevadas into um into California did you see the note about there was like a traveler that joined the Donner party for a bit uh Jay Quinn Thornton and he he nicknamed um Lansford Hastings did you see what the nickname was uh no it was Baron Munchausen shut up because he was full of shit (laughs) and lies oh my god yeah and he was like just like lying to everybody I thought that was wow yeah everything's connected it is yeah, his so Lansford Hastings, his Immigrant's Guide to Oregon and California was the name of the book. Uh, people were buying this, like every like people were very interested in migrating west because there was, you know, this the great expansion was happening in the United States. People were, you know, moving to claim stake out their claim for their own piece of property. The um, yeah, there's lots of reasons for people to immigrate, but um, mind you, the gold rush had not happened yet. Mm. Um, this this was just the 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 great great expansion into the into the West. So lots of people taking uh, the Oregon Trail specifically uh, to get to get where they wanted to go, um, and there were definitely tons of tried and true trails that many people had taken. So when this guy came came out came out with the immigrants guide, the Lansford Hastings Jabroni guide, um, <laughs> people were like, "Oh, great! We gotta we we are gonna make it way shorter. Like we got all this stuff. We gotta get over there. Let's go!" And people were like, trusting this guy. There was no no one to say this guy is not correct. So. Uh, started in, let's see, Springfield, Illinois. Uh, the Donners and the Reeds, two families that were the originators of this this party that ended up picking up a few other families along the way. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, like everybody's 
following these trails. You meet up, you make stops at uh, like Independence, Missouri is like the main jumping off point where everybody kind of gets their supplies. And I think that's even in the game or yeah. trail. Yeah. Like you, that's where you, where you like buy all your clothes and food mm-hmm. and supplies and all that. And it was better to have more people because it meant that you could like hunt together and like share resources and you had protection right. from like you know other travelers or like native americans yeah native americans like or pissed yeah that are like, <laughs> like get uh, the fuck off my land <laughs> yeah or like uh um even like wildlife and stuff so yeah um yeah so they they have a pretty they get to independence that's uh like i said the donners and the reeds the the donners were uh George and Jacob, Jacob, their brothers, and they had their families. And then the Reed family was uh, James Reed and his wife and their kids and uh, the his wife's mother who had like tuberculosis, who ended up dying like pretty early on in the in the journey. Mm. Um, She was the first death, (laughs) (laughs) but natural. Uh, but natural, yeah. She was well, already really sick, and um, she just didn't want to leave her daughter. So she she made the, started to make this perilous journey, and they didn't even get into it, and she, she ended up passing away. That's how hard it was, like, even just for – you're just going along. You're not – and it's, like, in the easy times. Like, you're – if you have any kind of – illness you're not gonna not gonna do so well um yeah you're just getting on the on-ramp and yeah grandma's dead and uh they yeah they they had um they should have started earlier too Mm -hmm. like they ended up leaving um what was it they got yeah they got rolling like mid-may but they should have they should have been rolling by like late april yeah um but it was like really rainy and stuff, so they were kind of dragging their feet. Mm-hmm. They're on the road. They're rolling. They're having a pretty easy time, and they're like they're rolling with like lots of other groups of people that are on the trail, also. Um, uh, pretty easy so far. And by the way, their wagons that they had, like especially the Reed's wagon, was like huge. Yeah, I, I think it required like at least like eight oxen to like pull it, which is a lot. Um, well, the Donners and the Reeds were pretty well off, too. So, like, yeah. th- both those families had, like, a significant amount of rations. They had a lot of animals that they brought with them. Like, they were um, they were more well off than some of the other families that they would eventually meet up with. But with that in mind, while they were called pioneers, few of them had the actual skills to survive on the trail. Right. Um, so... Yeah, there's a lot of problems that arise out of that. Like I like if you want to apply like modern day like a if you want to liken it to something modern day, it'd be like somebody trying to take their like fully loaded like SUV like on a backcountry fucking off road without a compass. Without a compass. <laughs> yeah. In a place they've never been to before, or have no, neither have very many other people. Yeah, um, and there's and, like a dirt road, but sometimes you might lose the road, and then you're like, "Which way do I go?" And you're like, "I don't know. Let's just and then try your, this one." And your car doesn't fit, or your fucking fully loaded expedition doesn't fit through, which is such a dumb name for a car if it doesn't. If it's like, like a luxury car, it's like, "Bitch, this isn't going on an expedition." <laughs> This thing is like this thing is just meant for like politicians rolling around yeah. in DC. Like it's not it's not going off road anywhere. Yeah. So like that's kind of what these wagons were like. They were just not they're a luxury kind of rolling like motorhomes yeah. kind of. Yeah. Um and they didn't you, on a trail that wasn't like um well tended or or well trod, it was not going to be very good. No. Yeah, so while they're they're rolling, they get to a, a kind of a fork in the road where it's like the parting of ways, and the people who are they're rolling with are like we're going this way. This is the the tried and true way, and the and then like the Reeds and the Donners and a bunch of other families are like we're gonna we're gonna take the shortcut. <laughs> we think it's smart, 
And everybody's like, don't do that. There's like people who like warn them who are like, don't do that. That This is not a good way. Um, I don't know that you're going to make it with all the wagons and all the oxen and all the shit that you have. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Oh, God. So, yeah, they part ways at Little Sandy River. And uh, they take off with about, I think they have like 20 wagons, bunch of families, and they take this less traveled trail. Yep. Um, so they they were thinking they were going to be saving like months yeah. with this this trail. And mind you, they, it, they're on average, they're going about two miles an hour. <laughs> um, it, it's like July 31st by the time they get to like any, like this, like they're it's it's taking months and months and months to like just go, you know, a few hundred miles. Well, especially once they like the the shortcut is Hastings cutoff, and right. that guy that we talked the jabroni it's jabroni's yeah. cutoff, and um, it wasn't so like we said in the beginning it wasn't meant yet for wagons he had gone through on his horse and he's like oh yeah like this looks pretty good so like two miles an hour is slower than you could even walk like you could walk faster than that but Mm -hmm. they were having to like fucking get out and push rocks and trees and shit out of the way like they were like forging their own trail as they were yeah they had to like bushwhack through like tons and tons of like yeah yeah it's, it's crazy. No, it's so crazy. And it, so it's I think like a DIY went, trail or some shit. Yeah. It, I mean, just imagine being in like the most wilderness you've ever been in and like think, okay, what would it take to clear a path for like however wide the wagon was? Yeah. You know, like 20 feet wide. That's I don't hard. Know. Yeah. It's and you're not insane. going in a straight, you know, you're having to like go <clears throat> in between trees and like if you can't, yeah. you can't just cut down every tree that's straight ahead of you. So Yeah. So they're they're getting they're getting hung up going through this this path. I think at one point they even catch up with the uh, with Hastings. Yeah, and he's he's leading another group, but it's like a couple people, and he's like, no no no, it's fine. You can keep going this way. It'll you're gonna get to this the and they're like I think they like get to Humboldt River. Mm, yeah. Oh no no wait before that sorry they're in Utah. Oh they're Black's Fork. Maybe and and they. And he's like, oh, just cross this desert. It'll only take you two days. <laughs> and they're like, OK, cool. And they start going. And the sand is like um, is is moist, is like wet. Yeah. And it's like sucking their their wagons down. So during the day, it's like super fucking hot. Mm-hmm. And then at night, it gets really cold. And all the moisture comes up from the ground. And it's like impossible for them to move. Yeah. Um, they, it takes them five days. They almost die of dehydration. Um, they lost 30, like 36 oxen, I think. Um, a bunch of wagons had to be left. Yeah. So they, they make it through the desert and they're just, they're, all their supplies are decimated. They're, they're fucked and they're pissed and their, their morale is super low. And, but at this point, They've just crossed kind of a, a point of no return. Yeah. Yeah. to go back means, and they don't know how to get around this desert. They don't know anything. Well, and right before, I think right before they, like, crossed that desert, there was a point where they all had, like, a huge, like, maybe, like, a little mini meltdown. And ha- some of them were like, let's just turn around and go back, like, were, mm-hmm. They were on this, like, DIY trail, and they're like, this is fucking BS. Why don't we just turn around and go back to the main trail that everybody else is taking? Like, yeah, this and is there re- is, like, yeah, and there's, like, um, there's like tons and tons of arguments. People yeah. are like, what the fuck are we doing? And they're like, no, we would lose 11 days, and we don't want to do that. And Reed, Reed was, like, a little bit of a, an instigator in all this and kind of, like, trying to take control of this party I feel like because he was the one really urging them in all of these moments like oh let's take this shortcut no let's not turn back no let's do this and he was like really trying to like I I don't know he was kind of responsible for a lot of the shit decisions that they ended up yeah I mean he's the one that kept being like let's go let's keep let's keep going I think this is the way and everybody's like okay I guess like he was like very authoritative and confident so yeah 
um and he was like this rich dude with like this fucking two-story goddamn wagon so everybody was like all right yeah he has like the fucking yeah high-end mo- motorhome version yeah. of the kid there's tvs in it and shit yeah yeah <laughs> there's like bunk beds it's like this is like a rolling palace yeah so everybody's pissed they make it through the desert they get to the humboldt river and everybody's just like what the fuck are we doing yeah we're fucked mm-hmm. um we almost just all died of of dehydration and we just lost a ton of supplies um and they are all pissed and at one point um james reed gets in a fight with john snyder over like so some wagons get tangled up like the the oxen like all the stuff get tangled up and john snyder starts beating the shit out of the the animals and james reed starts screaming at him they tussle and John Snyder goes to hit him with like the the whip, the the ox whip that he has, and James Reed fucking stabs him and kills him. <laughs> and then everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Everybody's like, "What the wild wild west?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're going straight to the wild wild. <laughs> oh, they were. They're in a bad way, and everybody's pissed. Like, people want to hang James Reed, but they ultimately just end up banishing him from the group and sending him on their way. Well, people didn't know what to do because they're like, this is what's weird to me is, like, laws didn't apply out west because it wasn't, Mm -hmm. like, a a governed territory. And technically, like, the Mexicans owned it, and, like, but the U.S. was trying to claim it, which is why they were sending all these people out there. But, uh... the they didn't know how to like like govern themselves so they're like oh like if we were back east this would be punishable by death or whatever you know but they're like but out in the west we don't know what to do out here what should we do like yeah so they just settle on banishing him yeah, and, like, and and i don't know they he takes some provisions and he he takes off on a horse or some shit oh his, his daughter it, gave yeah, him some it, yeah, everybody – yeah, they were, like, going to turn him away with, like, nothing. But yeah. he – yeah, his uh, – he so he left his, like, wife and kids and took off. Um, Good for so, him, too, because he survived. Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> was actually a good move. Spoiler alert. No one ate him. <laughs> uh, yeah, so people – so they just keep pushing on. Um, they get to – they're they're still like pushing through some like gnarly wilderness. Yeah. Uh, at one point, like Paiute Indians like killed a bunch of their oxen. Oh yeah. Um, and they are just their morale is terrible, and they realize they're at the um the point where they just have to keep going, or else they're gonna die. Like they're surrounded by Indians. They they know that they need to get to California to Sutter's Fort. They finally make it to basically the, um, I guess, to Truckee Lake, which is the entrance to the Sierra Nevadas, and they need to basically summit over this spot of the Sierra Nevadas, and they can descend down into California. Yeah, I I wrote in the notes that they were only 100 miles from Sutter Fort, but I think that's fucking a lie. I think it was like eight miles or something. (laughs) No, I think you're right. I think that's... I think that's true. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> I thought they were like it's almost like they it, they were almost just so close. They were so close when they got yeah. to this point, but it is like the most treacherous. It's like the last kind of challenging part of yeah the journey. Yeah, I mean they'd already been through a lot of shit. They went through this horrible route, um, and unfortunately, they get stuck because it starts snowing mm-hmm. really really bad there's a, a a snow a huge snowstorm and really bad luck that they got the snowstorm when they did I, I i feel like if they would have left a little bit earlier or yeah. if they would have like i don't know gone i don't know well it's also they a little bit made it yeah it's also a little bit of a freak thing because it was like early uh or no it was in it was in late october but um, it shouldn't have like it, there shouldn't have been snow yet, and it was like I think an eight day storm, so yeah. it wasn't like oh a little bit of snow will just like forge ahead. 
they yeah this is 1846 by the way yeah i think we like said that in the oh beginning. god so 1846 late october this is the start of one of the worst winters on record in the sierra nevadas yeah ever of all time whoops so i mean it's bad luck <laughs> it's bad luck it's bad they it's should have bad left luck. early though and they should have stayed on the normal trail that everyone else is on and when they didn't stay on that trail they should have gone back and lost the 11 days but been on the normal trail although yeah. at this point they were on more of the like they had taken that um that detour but they had joined up on the trail at some point so they weren't like way off at this point yeah they were still taking away that was not commonly traveled right though. But there, when they got to Truckee Lake. Yeah, but there were um, – they were lucky because there were uh, like three cabins that had been built by previous travelers. So when they got stuck there, they had a little, you know, respite from the storm and – Yeah. Uh, well, they did try to um, – they did try to make it up over the summit um, while, like when it's kind of stopped snowing. snowing. Mm. Um, but the snow is too deep. They couldn't make it. Um, so they just realized, okay, we got to make like this winter camp um, and we have to wait out the winter. I mean, that's a crazy decision to make, to be like, we're going to spend four months here. Well, this is where shit gets fucked. Like to where you're just like, you're you're so trapped. You're like, all right, we're just going to hunker down for the fucking winter. Listen, Ugh. so yeah. many bad decisions. This was, so bad. I mean, they didn't really have a choice, but... This is where I feel like so many things happen because uh, obviously they're running out of rations. They they don't really have the skills to hunt, but also there's not a lot to hunt um, in that area. There's a lake right there, but none of them know how to fish because they're just air, also, air quote pioneers. Over. Well, even before it froze over, they don't yeah. know how to fish. They're just like fucking, they're not like survivalists. Yeah. They're just a bunch of, I don't know. Yeah. They're. Uh, Motorhome and. Even, yeah. Fake pioneers. Just not, not outdoorsmen, not, not any, in, not handy in any way. And uh, most of them are, um, kids. are women and, and kids. children. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, I think for like 40 something kids under the, like under the age, I think of 18 i'm assuming is how they're I, I the numbers on on all this are kind of hard to nail down because there was a lot of people coming and going like people who like branched off from the group yeah um or people who um a couple people died along the way like yeah. um what's her name's mom died and then somebody else died of consumption as well aka tuberculosis yeah um so uh, yeah so the the numbers are i, I couldn't get a firm number on how many kids exactly and where the cutoff was for age-wise. I'm assuming it's 18. But there was like 40-something kids. And a bunch of them, um, I think, what did I write? 40 kids is about half the party, too. Like that they were made up about half. And I think um, a lot of the kids, some of them were um, like nursing children, like infants. Yeah. Like babies. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to see if there was an exact number. Oh, six nursing babies. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So they're they're stuck in this in this little, by this lake for the winter, and um, it starts snowing, and it doesn't stop. It They get, I think, like nine or ten huge, huge blizzards back to back. It's really bad um, over the course of time, and... And there's Therefore, like the past is completely blocked. They're completely trapped. Yeah. In this place. Nowhere to go. There's three cabins. There's like I think at that point there were like sixty or so people like living in three cabins. Mm-hmm. Which were basically just like a room with no windows or anything and had like a hole for a door. Yeah. Th- yeah. Whoever had come through before had made these like little shanties. Yeah. Um, and I think they might have like cobbled together some other kind of structures from whatever they had left um yeah yeah and like I think somebody made like a crude uh log cabin like they cut down trees and made shelters and stuff and they did what they could but it was not enough no um so yeah there's like abandoned shacks like cobbled together cabins whatever 
um, they start realizing like they're starting to run out of um, food. Food. Uh, they they're burned through all their provisions. They're starting to eat like boiled hides. I remember in fourth grade when we learned about this, uh, we they. <laughs> We learned that they were, like, starving and, like, that they resorted to cannibalism, but we didn't go too deep into it, I think, in fourth grade because that's pretty traumatizing. But I do remember learning that, like, about – that was the first time I heard about cannibalism. And the thing that, like, tripped me out was before learning that they, like, ate each other was that they were, like, boiling, like, shoelaces and, and hides and, like, bark and stuff. And I was just, like, I couldn't wrap my mind around that when I was a kid. Well, that's like not how food desperate they were. To you. It's not food. Like, yeah. I mean, people aren't food either, but that's what is like it's almost more disturbing to me because they would take their um they would take like their ox skin rugs and they were cutting it up and eating it. Like the kids yeah. would um they were eating tree bark, but which was weird, and the kids were like um picking apart the rug and would like roast it in the fire and then eat it. Yeah. It's that that was weird to me. It was just it was just needing to put something in your stomach because yeah. they were just starving, so they didn't care if it was like edible or not. I mean, there's a lady who's eaten a couch before, <laughs> so you know that that show. Um, no, is it uh, like about the? It's like my strange obsession. Okay, I was gonna say it's about like, like the people that eat their hair and stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like you can you can eat anything. Yeah, well, <laughs> you shouldn't. It doesn't mean it has nutritional value or will no. help you. Survive. No, it was just it was all a matter of like trying to fill up their stomach with something. Yeah, they had um, they had killed a bear at some point uh, early on when they got there, so they were like really optimistic because they were like, "Oh, well, looks like it won't still, be that bad." Yeah, there's still wildlife. Yeah, yeah. But then you dumb idiots, fucking bears going hibernate yeah, in the winter. <laughs> uh, it started snowing, and the bears were like, "Time to take a nap." And then yeah, there's no more. And then there's just nothing. No, and the, the I think there's birds, and that's it, and they can't. They can't they're not doing a yeah they're not gonna shoot a bird out of the sky they can barely like <laughs> i don't know yeah they can't even fish yeah so mid-december comes around and a group of the 15 strongest people that are in the group mm-hmm. um try uh, to trek out because I, oh, I wrote down they're only 150 miles away from Fort Sutter at this point. Oh, yeah. Where they're trapped. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. 100 was close then. Yeah. So they, they try to trek out 15 uh, of the strongest people. It's five women, nine men, and a boy of 12. Um, they. Yeah, bring the fucking 12-year-old, you asshole. <laughs> Great. Well, he was strong enough. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um. So. They're called the Forlorn Hope, is what they're referred to. Yeah. Uh, they try to make it over the summit to go for help. Um, and, oh, in like, I think. Oh, what? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say in, like, 12 feet of snow. Like, yeah. they're, they fashioned these little snowshoes, but they weren't very helpful. Right. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they did, they did help a little bit. But well, yeah, yeah. But in 12 feet um, of snow, like, they're not getting very far in. And they all, they only have the snowshoes. They each have, like, a blanket. You know, they have, like, a little pack. But. Yeah. They couldn't take too much from the people that were s- still stranded there. Yeah. Oh. And meanwhile, while they're all chilling, fucking James Reed, <laughs> meanwhile, was still alive. And he made it to Fort Sutter. Yeah. So he was like, we need to go rescue my people. I'm pretty sure they're stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so just keep that in mind. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, yeah, he made an attempt in October, like before yeah. things got real bad. But because of the early snowfall, the the pass was blocked. It, like yeah. they just couldn't get through. And the people he was with were like, "We c- no, we're not going to do this. And he was like, yeah. oh. All right. We have to wait. They they're stuck and they're gonna have to wait it out. Yeah. And we'll we'll wait and then when the weather's better, we'll go back and try to get them. Yeah. Um. And what they didn't know was that it was just not gonna stop snowing. Yeah. So <laughs> for months. For months. So that was yeah. That was October. 
December rolls around, mid-December, these group of 15 people, the Forlorn Hope, try to go um, get the fuck out and find help. Yeah. And they are – they get they get stuck. They basically, like, can't make it. And um, they start – this is the first instance of recorded cannibalism. Um I think Mary Graves, uh, one of the main families is the Graves family. Their uh, their dude who their driver was the one that James Reed had killed. Mm-hmm. So they're like an important family. Um, but she they basically got lost. She like kept a diary of all this apparently, um, and everybody started dropping dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they, uh, I think Patrick Dolan was the name of the first guy that died and that they ate Mm -hmm. um they started roasting him on the fire um and i think there were two native american men with them who were like fuck this shit y'all are gross yeah um they refused to eat people they also ended up labeling the bodies so that uh they didn't eat their own kin family yeah their own kin (laughs) uh the two native american dudes uh what were their names lewis Uh, and salvador Luvis and Salvador, they were um, getting kind of freaked out. And uh, I think somebody was like, hey, you better get the fuck out of here. I think people are talking about killing you and eating you. Oh, yeah. So they they ran away from the from these now cannibals. Um, Well, because they were like, yeah, the the people died and they were eating them. And they're like, oh, no. Well, once we run out of these people, what are we going to eat? And they were like, yeah. oh, let's eat the Native American dudes. Yeah, so Lewis and Salvador are like, bye. Yeah, they got tipped <laughs> off. Yeah. They're all, mm, I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, but they found him in the forest and they ate him. They fucking shot him both <laughs> in the head. They killed him. Yeah. Yeah. That, this is where, uh, yeah, I made a comment earlier that like, oh, well, they she actually died of natural causes. Actually, a lot of people died of natural causes, but there were a few instances of murder. Yeah. And so they, these people just went kind of berserker and they're going crazy. And so somebody stumbled up to somebody's house that's in the foothills Mm -hmm. and they're like barely alive. And they're like, there's a few of us left. Um, Everybody else is dead. And there's a whole bunch of people back at Lake Truckee. And so they, um, the word spreads that oh god these people are still fucking there and they're still alive and um we need to we need to get up there and find them um but again the snow is too much um so the seven survivors of the forlorn hope are safe and fine Mm. but they they get the word out that like there's like tons of people and like women and children that are stranded in the in the mountains um so the people in the mountains just start eating each other also yeah the people in the mountains just start eating each other uh they there's one guy in particular um lewis kessberg who just he really liked eating people yeah (laughs) um is that the guy and that was, was like hoarding body parts? I think so, and he might have actually killed somebody and ate ate them. Yeah, but it was never like determined. Yeah, yeah. So because these because the forlorn hope made it to civilization, um, all these relief parties actually eventually got together. Um, the first relief party headed out, I think February fifth. Yeah, and that was led by um, oh. The second relief party headed out two days later, and that was led by James Reed. Mm. So he was like chomping at the bit, trying to get into the back to. Well, his family's there. Yeah, his family's there. Yeah. So, um, the first relief party goes up and makes it to them, and they can only take twenty-four people out. And then, um, I mean, think about really quickly. What it must have been like, first of all, they were there since October. Oh, my God. And this is now February. Like They've eaten all their rugs. <laughs> like I, I, And I'm their friends. Much, 
it's like shocking to think about this like in this really happened yeah uh, they when the first relief party got into the camp they like they could tell like people had been getting eaten <laughs> Well, there was, like, body parts and frozen, like, like I think the first relief arrived and they were kind of walking around the camp and they saw, like, I think it was one of the Donner men's dead bodies and his brain was, or his um, skull was cracked open and the brain was gone. Ew. Dude. So they had eaten it. So they were, like, there was little signs, but probably, I doubt they asked about it. They're, yeah. They just oh. kind of made the assumptions. <laughs> I, I wrote the note by the time the second relief party got to the lake cannibalism was in full effect <laughs> the first yeah, relief so, party didn't like leave them with real food i don't think they could carry that much stuff oh, that makes sense they probably had yeah they probably just wanted to bring as many people back as possible yeah they they can only take 24 people with them yeah. like to lead them back through i mean they probably had to like carry people yeah. you know what i mean like these people were not doing good they were in real bad shape like i think there was 48 people still alive by the time they got to the the first the first relief party got to them um but there is some people there were some people that were like beyond hope i think yeah um so yeah they eventually had i think four four rounds of relief parties to go pull these all the people out of the, that were alive out of the out of the um, mountains um oh god i had written um of 87 that were stranded there um 46 survived um and yeah i think 41 died oh my god um all the reeds survived and all the Breens, that's another major family. They have uh, the Breen family uh, kept lots of diaries. So th- this is all corroborated and all real. Yeah. Um, almost all the Donners died, though. Yeah. Ooh. Um, I think the Reed family was one of the only families that did not resort to cannibalism. Oh, really? And they are all survived. Yeah. I wonder what they ate. I don't know. Um, they probably ate their fucking luxury wagon. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Um. They were vegans. They only ate bark. They. Yeah. The, the, oh, and then when one of the relief parties came up on, uh, this Louis Kesseberg guy, he was like, he was really gnawing on bones. I just have some notes about him. When he got back to civilization, he like you know, recovered, whatever, when all these people were, like, brought home, like, all these people made pretty full recoveries, like, went on to, like, live lives. There's a lot of orphans after all this, so some people, some of these kids got adopted by families, Um, but Louis Kesselberg talked openly about eating people and that he liked the taste of flesh, and he, like, he actually made a lot of money during the gold rush because the gold rush happened at Fort Sutter, where they were trying Mm -hmm. to get to. Yeah. The the year after, uh, they were rescued. I think they were they were all rescued in f- February of uh, eighteen eighteen forty eight. Oh, or eighteen forty seven. I'm sorry. And uh, in January of eighteen forty eight is when gold was discovered at Fort Sutter. Oh wow, yeah. So um, this Louis Kesselberg dude, he was like everybody's like, dude, this guy's crazy. He like still talks about eating people. <laughs> And, um, but he made a shit ton of money in the gold rush and he opened a fucking restaurant. Oh no. For all the like 49ers that came. Wait. Yeah. But he didn't like, it was just regular food. It was just, no, he wasn't like cooking people. Oh, no. oh, oh. no but like think about that. Yeah, that's for a gross. Second. That's really yeah. gross and weird. I just think about, um, James Reed, mm-hmm. uh, leading the, the second relief party and then like rolling into camp and not knowing what he was going to find and knowing that his wife and his kids were, were there and realizing, Oh my God, these people are eating each other. And like he not knowing if his wife or kid had been eaten. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. So like I, I, James Reed was a douche. Um, 
in a lot of ways, but he also is like kind of like a hero for going back and making it happen with the relief yeah. efforts. <laughs> maybe it know. was guilt. There maybe yeah. there was guilt. I mean, he ne- he needed to redeem himself somehow. He did, yeah. The person who is the worst in this story is Lansford Hastings. Yeah. What a piece of shit. Oh, my God. He, he had took no responsibility for any of this. This guy was a total fucking clown. He um, he was an asshole. He did not even care that all these people died because of his, like, made-up fucking shortcut. Yeah. Well, and, like, I, it's just fucked up because, I, I don't know, in, you know, people were kind of in cahoots with each other. And people, and this is life anyway, but there are people Mm -hmm. who want to benefit from people who don't know any better. And, like, he he was in cahoots a little bit with a guy, um, this Mr. Bridger, who had, like, a general store along the trail um, right before Hastings cut off. And someone had gone ahead, like, a journalist that was traveling with them uh, with the Donner Party for a bit, he'd gone ahead and he was like... Sent, sent word back to the general store to the Donner Reed party and was like, don't go Do this way. Do not come this way, it, yeah. Like, it's, it, this guy has only ever been on horse. It's not good for wagons. And the general store owner didn't share that information because on the other side or whatever, you know, along the route, he had another general store and he would profit from... Ugh. Yeah, there was some there was some way that he would make money if they actually went that way and he didn't care. So he was like, yeah. Oh yeah, no, Hastings cut off. Go right on ahead. So, yeah. It, it's it's pretty shitty. Yeah. Um I feel like the Donner party is fucked up for obviously it's most well known for the cannibalism, but they just resorted to what they had to do and I feel like it's more fucked up based on the decisions that were made along the way. Like I don't know. It's weird that people would even leave late. Like, it's not going to end well for you. Like, don't. Well, I think I think people just kept hearing like, like all the good things about the the whole. Like, they knew it would be hard, but they were like the 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 risks outweigh, or the reward, you know, out, or the rewards yeah. outweigh outweigh the risks. Yeah. Like they were just they were like we we need um. To stake our claim, we need a better life. Yeah. We need this. We need, and it's going to be great. Um, and they, they knew people had done it many, many times before. Like there was a tried and true way to do it. And the fact that they didn't do that and decided to take a shortcut is just like the is the whole moral of the story. I think don't ever take shortcuts <laughs> when you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Well, like there, it, there are times when it's appropriate to take the road less traveled. Uh, sure. But for but the most part, figurat- that's, that's figuratively. figuratively. Yeah, because <laughs> not literally. <laughs> no, because the road less traveled in this instance meant uh, they had to eat each other and mm-hmm. it wasn't good. Do you know what ended up happening to Lansford Hastings? No. He wrote another guidebook for people who uh, were immigrating to Brazil mm-hmm. and he what? died trying to. Yeah. Yeah. He He's a goddamn huckster. He's if he was around now, he would have started a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> he he so he died trying to establish a colony in South America. Oh. So he died first of all trying to be a colonizer, fucking asshole. <laughs> and I I don't know how exactly he died, but he probably died of like malaria or something. Oh. You know, I hope he did anyway. <laughs> <laughs> And then he yeah. and then he came back. Fuck that guy. And then he came back to life as Lou Perlman. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Oh. Well, I mean, that's kind of all I got. Yeah. Oh, I just. Oh, I wanted to say too. It was super interesting during this time. This is all happening. Was when the um when California or when the United States was trying to take California over from Mexico. Yeah. So. There was, like, nobody around Fort Sutter to, like, go even do the rescue missions. Oh, right. Which was they another all, factor. They were all fighting the war. Yeah. Yeah. And so when the war was over, uh, pe- there was, like, people that were able to go up into the mountains. So I, just, I thought that was really interesting how, like, that very major moment in history kind of intertwines with this. Yeah whole story well that's why um, that's why the I, I think that's why 
you know, like the government and stuff was saying, hey, if you go out to California, you can have as much land as you want. You know, Mm -hmm. like you'll you have all these opportunities because they were trying to get people to go out there so they could claim manifest destiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, And then the gold and then the gold rush happened and then everybody was like, fuck, yeah, it's on. Yeah. So no. (laughs) Then and then the 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 Hastings cutoff was actually used uh, quite a bit after that. (laughs) And I think uh, Truckee Lake trail. was renamed the yeah Truckee Lake was renamed uh, Donner Lake Donner yeah. Donner Lake and that whole area is called Donner Donner's Pass now. I want to play Oregon Trail now. I know, right? Yeah, I might try and find um, it online. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, oh, I got most of my information from uh, this really great documentary on PBS that Rick Burns did, the brother, older brother of Ken Burns. Oh, I don't. Who's Ken who Burns? Does, Ken Burns is like he does all the famous uh, like PBS documentaries oh. like the um, he they did uh, like Civil War I think mm. uh, Rick Burns did that one I think um, and then Ken Burns did like um, he's done like a, he did the um, National Parks one that was really awesome a few years ago the Burns Bros um, the Burns Bros good dudes <laughs> uh, yeah so that was the PBS American Experience the Donner Party um, that's a good one um, and then I also read some of the stuff from uh the diaries which is the the donner i think it's the donner mm, donnerpartydiary.com it sounds fun but it's not <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. there's a lot of diaries that aren't fun no <laughs> like i read mine from when i was a teenager and i was like well i'm gonna burn this because oh, it's terrible <laughs> i was always way too self-conscious to write a diary i was like if someone Ugh. ever found this i would die yeah <laughs> uh, it's kind of the other way around with these diaries though. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, awful 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 oh well terrible story Te- terrible time in history um don't don't complain about traveling on a on a flight anymore. Well, I hope your flight to Japan doesn't run out of food and you don't have to eat anyone. Yeah, I got snacks just oh, in good. case. I got some, <laughs> Little I got trail some, mix. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what they should have had, some trail mix. <laughs> That's why it's called trail mix. <laughs> so you don't eat each other while you're out hiking. <laughs> while you're out on oh. your two-hour hike. Yeah. Oh, God. Hey, there, this is a bunch of, like, I survived, like, things about people who get lost hiking and are fucked. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. I don't, yeah. They go off the trail. Don't leave the trail. All right, dude. Thanks for listening, everyone. Follow us on social meds, Um at DTFU Podcast, everywhere. Everywhere. Um, send us an email at, at DTFU, or to DTFU Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you for listening. We really love having you here. Um, and also rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes because it helps us out. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.